on this beautiful 85-degree day in downtown Winston-Salem, the National Business Association on OUS brings you Hustle, the small wonder. We are going to go to Shaq, and he's going to give us a little bit more on the group. Thank you for sending it over to me, Ernie. Hustle is what I like to call the little big wonder. They are lean and agile like a two or three, but they are dominate like a big man in the community. Rawr. They provide ample amount of programs, and they are in this week's Small Business Champion. Back to you, Ernie. Now, thanks, Shaq. So in this matchup today, we'll see how Hustle helps grow the local economy by accelerating underrepresented entrepreneurs with a focus on women, people of color, and marginalized business districts. Now, let's take a deeper look. This is... This is Open Shop, the podcast, the podcast that documents the journey, 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 the journey of building and launching Open Shop, the small business geo marketplace. Welcome to another episode of Open Up Shot, the podcast. I'm your host, EA Green, and we are here to navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and conquer those obstacles by just getting started. All right, so here back for another episode, for another insert for our community-based programs, uh, you know, for the month of May. You know, we just wrapped up uh, Small Business Week not too long ago, right? And what I really wanted to continue to focus on is, you know, different programs or different you know, individuals or groups that really kind of push for uh, entrepreneurs, doers, you know, people who are creatives. So the next group that I wanted to kind of look into, you know, I wanted to focus on how, you know, you can kind of make anything happen as long as you have a little bit of hustle. And the reason why I say that is because we have uh, Matt here, right, who is a co-founder and the uh, on the board of Hustle Winston-Salem. What's going on, Matt? Not too much, man. Excited to be here. Great. That's great. Talking with you about hustle. Yeah. All right. So if you wouldn't mind, Matt, can you let everybody know, the listeners, a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So uh, born and raised in Georgia, was a North Carolina transplant by way of my attendance uh, at Wake Forest University as an undergrad and graduate student, Mm -hmm. came back to work for the university in diversity and inclusion. Um, and just as an administrator, working with some of our senior leaders and, you know, while a resident of the city was fortunate to get plugged into the entrepreneurial community um, through Flywheel, so, which is a really popular co-working space yeah. that incubates ideas. Um, and so just getting plugged into the ecosystem, understanding some challenges and the opportunity that was happening in Winston, I wanted to be a part of it. Um, so I like to say that I am a product of the enthusiasm and the energy that's currently in Winston-Salem. Um, I am a leadership coach currently in New York City for Life Labs Learning. So I work in the tech industry okay. uh, with managers and executives, really helping to develop their capabilities to lead and manage their people effectively. Uh, I'm a researcher, so really committed to looking at um, social inequality and specifically how black folk are impacted um, and just generally a person who likes to uplift marginalized communities 
And so that's what brought me to the hustle, that yeah. energy and excitement to help accelerate entrepreneurship for, right. for the marginal life. Right. So before we get into, you know, a little bit more detail about what hustle is and you know where the idea came from, can you let the listeners know what help gets you started? Uh, you know, I thought about that and it's this quote by Alicia Garza and the way that she she Alicia Garza is a co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, she thinks about liberation in this way. It's creating a society where people can live, love, and work without harm. So I like to say that's what gets me started in addition to thinking of Black futures and, and what does the future of society look like for Black people. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that. All right. So, you know, let's kind of get into, you know, a little bit more of, you know, a little bit deeper about what Hustle Went to Salem is and what that idea was. So can you give us a little bit more color about what the origin of or, or where did Hustle come from? It really started out of a conversation. Uh, it happened with uh, Faye Horwitz, who uh, was our former executive director, uh, now working with Forward Cities, and Magali Yacinth, a local entrepreneur uh, who's interim executive director of Hustle um, and just an incredible advocate and leader in in the Winston-Salem community. Uh, We all were connected through Flywheel, which is the co-working space in town um, where entrepreneurs set up shop um, and ideas are really incubated, I would say. And I was working on my graduate degree at the time and also starting to build and tinker with the idea of starting my own business. So I knew that that was a place where programming and resources were shared. And so connected with Faye. And one day we went into a conference room and uh, just were talking about how we noticed that there was an absence of people of color and just other folks from marginalized groups participating in what the ecosystem was offering in terms of entrepreneurial support, Magali joined. And so that was the genesis of us trying to determine how best to solve this problem. How can we get more people like us um, and from underrepresented groups plugged into the entrepreneurial community? So we started to ideate and and think about, well, what population should we reach? You know, women, people of color, formerly incarcerated folks, um, immigrants, um, you know, marginalized business districts. um, And just, is it information sharing? You know, how are they represented in the ecosystem? All of that happened. And there's an activity that uh, I led us through in terms of thinking of a name and it's called, if you name it, they will come. Okay. And, and essentially you use phrases or um, song lyrics or hashtags that really resonate with the audience that you're trying to reach. And Magali, with a stroke of genius, was like, you know, when I think of entrepreneurs, it's all about hustle. And so that became the name for this community campaign and program that we wanted to build. And okay. Soon after that conversation, Faye was invited to join the Community Innovation Lab, which was funded and supported through the Winston-Salem Foundation and EMC Arts, a nonprofit out of New York City. And so the focus was on inclusive economy. And Mm -hmm. so she and a couple of others realized very quickly that that was 
too large a scope to tackle. So the focus became inclusive entrepreneurship. And so through Faye's involvement in that program, she was able to pull in Magali, myself, and a couple of others who were really committed to this cause to really help accelerate the development of the plans that the three of us had already started to develop um, just in conversation in a conference room in Flywheel. Um, And so the rest is history. You know, we pulled together a group of people, developed this campaign, was funded, um, and really started to conduct a gap analysis and see what resources, what opportunities, what needs um, were out there for our people. And then Yes, so, so it's funny because, uh, you know, um, if the listeners are, you can hear how Matt brought up, you know, saying who was involved and you can probably hear a name that you guys are familiar with with Magali Yassim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's already been here, a uh, guest on, on the podcast. And, you know, with Winston-Salem is, you know, not necessarily a small, it's not a small city or not so really, it's like a small town, but it's not necessarily a the size of New York as well, right? So the thing is, a lot of times, you know, a lot of these movers and shakers, like we are intertwined into multiple facets of, you know, different things. Like we might yeah. be involved with things that are, you know, social based or things that are about uplifting the community or, or even with your own, you know, our own businesses. So everyone has like a million and one hats that they wear, you know, when it kind of comes to this. So uh, I just wanted to kind of like provide that just to, just to kind of call that out, Matt. Um, but when I, one thing I want to kind of follow up on was that when hustle, like when you guys, you know, had the idea and you guys decided, Hey, yes, we are going to do this. Right. Uh, how, like how, what was the first steps? Like, what do you, what did you guys become involved with first? Like how well, was the, the first splash that hustle made in the community? Well, the first thing we really had to do was pull together the appropriate stakeholders. Um, and so people who had their hand in the communities we wanted to reach folks who were involved in economic development and supporting entrepreneurship, um, folks who, um, really just had a passion for this work. And so the first step was pulling together those people to say, Hey, this is something that we want to focus on. EMC arts is providing funding and a structured process for us to advance this work. We want to make sure that we're involving the right people at the right time. Yeah. And so uh, it was through a series of those conversations that we were able to start to think about, okay, what should be our approach to this work? What we found out quickly is that like any entrepreneurial venture, you know, it, it's, it's not a, um, it's a scrappy process. Yeah. And so it's not structured by any means. And so when you're dealing with folks who represent established institutions, sometimes that can be a little frustrating because that process isn't defined. You're sort of building and doing at the same time. And so we quickly lost a couple of people because they could not orient themselves, I would say, to this very creative, scrappy process, mm-hmm. um, just given the own, their own demands and work that needed to get done. So. Um, those folks who represented community partners and people who were doing this work sort of dissolved. And the people who were at the table were actually entrepreneurs of color. Um, and that represented the groups and communities that we really wanted to impact. Uh, 
And so just given our own experience, we were able to start to think about, okay, well, um, how do we start to collect or shape a campaign that lifts up more of us Mm -hmm. um, and, and connects us to the resources that we really need to advance the work that we're trying to do in the world. Okay. Um, so, so to kind of, you know, dig a little bit deeper into that, you know, I'm sure that there's like a, a two sides to this one, to this question that I'm about to ask, but sure. what was, what was, uh, you know, the initial experience of the fit kind of joining into something net new into like the West Salem ecosystem? Because I can only imagine that, you know, as much as this is very well needed, it is something that is very new. And a lot of times, you know, with anything for that matter, people are always a little bit more, you know, they might push up against something that's new. But, you know, you guys really kind of looked into doing something, not necessarily drastic, but it was bold in a sense, right? Totally. It was, you know, taking a, a firm stance on what, what, we, what you guys believed was the opportunity in that area. So I'm like curious to about what were those, what was the initial reactions from the, you know, and it could be from the community, it can be from other entrepreneurs, or it could be from other, you know, people who are, you know, might have been providers of what those potential, you know, the potential things that, you know, Hustle was looking to bring. Yeah. Um, hmm. So. I guess in terms of entrepreneurs, so the way that we went about doing the work again is we started with a gap analysis. So really trying to understand what was the current state and situation that entrepreneurs from underrepresented groups were facing. So we did survey and we connected to uh, an event that was sponsored by um, the minority and women owned um, sort of business development department in the city of Winston-Salem. So that was going to be our way to really connect to folks. Um, and so when we were initially interviewing and engaging stakeholders um, and really the people who we most wanted to impact, there was some initial resistance of like, okay, is this going to be another thing? Because there have been things before I've been like, well, this really wasn't what I thought it would be. And there was some excitement from folks of like, wow, well, this could be a great opportunity. It's refreshing to, to hear that this is happening, that people want to support us. I've, I've, I have this business idea or this venture that I'm sitting on and I'm looking for the resources. So, you know, thank you for, for doing this work. And then in terms of um, sort of stakeholders within the ecosystem, you know, the reason that hustle exists is because there were communities that were being neglected. Yes. And so there was that unconscious bias of, well, we've tried to reach out to um, business owners and sort of clergy and quote unquote leaders in East Winston and the South Ward and the Southeast Ward, um, mostly occupied by black and brown people, but it just hasn't got much traction. Okay. You know, it, it, it was a little passe, like we've tried out and, and done our part, but we got to focus on other things. Okay. And so, you know, we really had to assert ourselves as like, no, well, we need to do this work. So I think it was more so like, well, hey, go for it. 
Yeah. And if it works, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. All right. So, so let's, you know, so now that we kind of get a little bit of color about where the beginning of hustle kind of came into a lot of the early stages. So let's kind of talk about the different, you know, things that you, you guys were able to accomplish, right? So hustle is going on maybe like two and a half, two, three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so let's talk about, you know, what, you know, from, from the initial idea to when, you know, initially being launched and being accepted into the community. Yeah. Um, you know, what has hustle been doing? You know, what has hustle been able to accomplish? Yeah, so um, coming out of the Community Innovation Lab, the um, idea to really launch this campaign to raise awareness about the entrepreneurial resources in the community, um, what we did was we launched a storytelling campaign. So we surveyed underrepresented entrepreneurs in the community with a focus on women, people of color, and and um, residents and marginalized business districts to really find out their needs. So we really collected a lot of data okay? because you need that data to really support investment, uh, financial, and also um, sort of, you know, additional resources, human and otherwise, right? Yes. Um, and so we also profile uh, entrepreneurs from those underrepresented groups to really create these stories and these profiles of folks who are actually succeeding. So we wanted to pull together um, some anecdotal qualitative research um, and, and share these stories with important members of the community. So folks from the mayor's office, people who are responsible for economic and business development in the city. We wanted to share it with other entrepreneurs to really give them the inspiration and hopefully a catalyst for continue to do their work and get involved in the community. Um, So we shared our data. We shared these profiles of 10 successful or um, entrepreneurs who were developing and growing their business in the community. Um, And from that, saw a lot of community support and interest. We got news coverage because we had this big community premiere. Um, Yeah, I remember that. I think I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, it just created a space and was a community conversation essentially. So those profiles of those entrepreneurs were to give people hope, but an understanding of what these folks were doing that was helping with their success. And it was also an our, our opportunity to source recommendations from the community based off of the data that we presented and the stories that they heard around how could we continue to advance this work. How could we create an equitable ecosystem where um, all residents had an opportunity to really uh, have economic prosperity through entrepreneurship? Right. And so we got a lot of cool recommendations that we formed into a final report that we shared with the Community Innovation Lab and with some political folk um, in Winston-Salem to really support resourcing to do more of this work. So that was our first big win. Um, after that, we developed into a 501c3 and Hustle became a nonprofit. And from there, we were able to really define our vision, mission, pull together a board of folks uh, to really start to develop some programming. And so um, the programs that we currently offer uh, include marketing outside the box. So really equipping entrepreneurs from underrepresented groups with the knowledge and tools to help them. Um, 
drive engagement in their business ventures. There's also Hustle Night. Um, and so every third Monday of the month, we have uh, folks who are coming from different industries and fields related to business development come and actually present to entrepreneurs yeah. and educate them on how they develop and grow their business. Um, and then there is, um, what else do we do? Innovation sprints, which is really cool where right. entrepreneurs can bring their problems uh, really to a group of other entrepreneurs and community folk. And, and essentially uh, there's a, it's almost like a little mini hackathon where yeah. you sort of are, take this challenge that this entrepreneur is having and they all work together to solve it. Yes. Uh, to help people grow their business. Yeah, that definitely was um, something that I was able to do with uh, with Hustle. And, you know, it was invaluable. You know, it was, you know, it had a, uh, that was a, a program that I think I mentioned in a previous episode with um, with Small Business Center and uh, Alan Younger, where, you know, Hustle and SBC was working together in order to host this event. And yeah. I was able to, you know, reach out and, you know, get some live feedback from real people you know, yeah. people who were entrepreneurs themselves, small business owners, or even like I said, I think we had a young lady who, uh, who I think drove an hour and a half to get extra credit wow. for the class. But you know, she was just going there for extra credit, but she kind of left in the in the sense of like, wow, like I wasn't expecting to get this, you know. And she kind of had left with like, you know, with a new new burning desire to like, you know, I want to take this a little bit more seriously and stuff like that. So you know, that was definitely great. That's cool. You know, definitely a great opportunity. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, before we wrap up, I wanted to just kind of ask, um, so yeah. what is in the future for Hustle? Like where, you know, from, again, just kind of looking at the timeline, we were able to look at this in the sense of, you know, just as an idea and just of knowing that it needed to be done, you know, where we were able to, you know, to get certain something, some stuff done that looked to be impossible to some, right? Totally. And it kind of just is perfect that the organization is called Hustle, right? Because it seems like all throughout it is what is really kind of been driving, like, you know, this, you know, driving this vehicle to, to make sure that it can reach out to the to the community. So yeah. then the, what's um, set out for the future? So, you know, when I think about spanning the economic development in Winston, there's an important advocacy piece to hustle. So really working with our ecosystem partners and investors to help um, equip them with training around unconscious bias so that as more underrepresented groups and uh, members of our community start to attend programming and participate in accelerator programs that they aren't running into barriers to access. So that's really important. Really getting more people engaged in accelerator programs and connected to investors, um, supporting the growth and development of the talent pipeline with existing businesses or so small business owners from underrepresented groups are really helping them with innovation. Um, and then just increasing awareness um, among local consumers so that as these new businesses develop, that they know that they can support and buy local. Uh, so that's really important. So really driving all of the activity in those buckets and yeah. ultimately getting to a place where hustle no longer really has to exist uh, because the infrastructure is so inclusive 
that you don't need an advocacy arm having to drive that, but it becomes people's natural orientation. So I would say, you know, the hope is that hustle sort of eventually dissolves because the programming is so inclusive. All right. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty dope. Um, And the thing is, uh, I identify with that because I kind of look at it the same way with what um, open shop we're looking to do with open shop. So our main focus is to focus on entrepreneurs who are, very early stages, right? People who might just want to find a way to be able to help validate an idea by doing pre-sales or anything like that. Yeah. It's just someone who's like in their actual growth process, right? Where they're, you know, they're kind of getting up to the point where they're at that pinnacle where, you know, I'm hoping that you start off from the beginning and you get to this part where you evolve your business, where you become too big for the platform. Mm. And then, you know, you essentially graduate off the platform into maybe your own standalone, you know, e-commerce platform or or your own commerce site. So, you know, that is what our like our idea of what that life cycle looks like, you know. And of course, that might be able to provide more opportunities in other ways, you know, for us to be able to assist these entrepreneurs or these businesses. But, you know, our idea is just a you know, looking at small businesses that you should not have all these barriers to kind of get to, you know, that particular level. You know, we should be able to level the playing field for all small businesses, you know, and be able to do the same things that a lot of these larger corporations are able to do. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, where that goes. I love it. It's been so cool to see your development in the ecosystem, Eric. I mean, like just from, you know, having an idea and being able to leverage and tap into some of, some of the resources and the programming happening within the community. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for your venture and where it. it's going and just all the work that you're doing to raise awareness in the community. So thank you for this channel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll encourage folks to tune in and, right. and thank stay you. invested. Yeah. I appreciate it. So what we're going to do is that um, that's going to be the wrap for our um, primary conversation. About how you know you can make things happen with a little bit of hustle. So we're gonna do is <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna wrap things up. Cool. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap up everything and uh, about our conversation about hustle, right? And how you can make anything happen with a little bit of hustle. So what we're gonna do next is get into our uh, wrap up segment called Concept Startup Growth. All right. So Matt, so what this is, is basically going to be a very practical, you know, segment that's going to help us wrap up what we discussed for the first couple of minutes of the show. So if any listener, for whatever reason, if say if they're Russian and, you know, they are dying because they really want to listen to the whole thing. But what they do is come to the section just to be able to get a lot of the practical advice that we might have been providing throughout the show. All right. So what I'm going to do is going to walk you through it and then you're going to let us know you know, if in regards to a situation, if someone has an idea, you know, how they can make it happen with just a little bit of hustle. Absolutely. All right. So the first part is concept. So what concept is going to be more of like a planning stage. So what would yeah. you say to someone who is in a, the planning stage of, you know, their idea? You know, I think the first thing is doing a gap analysis, understanding the current, the current reality around whatever problem you're trying to solve. And yes. think about it in, in that way, like what problem do I want to solve? What need am I feeling? And so um, connecting to the stakeholders, the people, the community who are most impacted by that problem 
to figure out what they need and how you can fix it. Um, and so that gap analysis looks like uh, surveying, having conversations that give you some anecdotal or qualitative insight that can help shape whatever path forward um, you choose to pursue. A lot of times people will start to um, ideate and brainstorm around an issue without having fully understood exactly um, you know, what the current situation is around it. So that's the first step, I would say. Um, and then if it requires um, other people, you know, people don't like being changed or being forced to do anything. So don't create anything on top of a person or on top of a group, create it with them. Yeah. And so make sure that you involve your stakeholders in your process of building. Um, that's really important. Yeah, the other, that's the best way to get buy-in, right? Exactly. That buy-in is critical. The other thing I would say in terms of planning is once you determine um, what the need is and what you're going to um, do, what I like to say is task box. And so start with the end in mind and work your way backwards. And so break up the execution into small chunks. Okay. And at the end of each of those boxes or those chunks is a milestone. And that very first step should be really small. Okay. Just to get you started so that you get that win. Okay. Um, and so break it up into chunks. Give yourself these milestones so that you see how you're making progress. Okay. I think that's really important for planning. All right. So um, so what we're going to do is going to go into the next section, right, for sure. startup. So this kind of kind of doubles down. You kind of mentioned it already, but yeah. this really goes into the executing of what that plan is, right? So yeah. you already mentioned how you, you can kind of, you know, kind of create like almost like a Gantt chart of sorts, right? You can kind of map out what, you know, the different milestones are. I really like how you said to, especially in the beginning, make some of those larger those milestones, make them something small, right? So you can get yes. those small wins so you can gain the confidence and you can see the momentum, right? And you can essentially, you know, be proud of yourself in that moment. Like, hey, look, I, I did the hardest thing. And that was just, you know, making that phone call or looking up something on Google and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, so, that's um, critical. Right. So is there anything else you would add in terms of the executing of your plan? Yeah, you know, I think um, learn throughout, you know, the process. Make sure you're journaling and taking notes. I think that's really important okay. in terms of execution and be willing to iterate and adapt where you need to. Um, just a little org psychology, because okay. I talked about tax, task boxing and the importance of having these many milestones. So there's this neurotransmitter in your brain called dopamine. And mm -hmm. so anytime we check something off our to-do list or we um, advance to the next phase or cross a mile marker, we get a little burst of dopamine, which is a reward sensation in our mind. And so that little positive energy is what will really keep you going. Okay. And so just you know, some brain science behind why we crave progress so much and why it's important to task box. I think that's critical for people to understand. All right. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to get into the growth segment. So growth right. is uh, primarily focused on ad adapting. Yeah. So, you know, you've made your plan, you've, you know, you started executing on that plan. 
you know, you've been getting your small shots of dopamine, you know, <laughs> over, the, over the course of making those check boxes, you know, and yeah. making progress. So what would you say for someone who, you know, might be in a, uh, like in a underserved area, you know, maybe a minority or woman that's, you know, looking to start their business or start their idea yeah. in terms of adapting in this situation? So what I would say is you want to have evidence of impact. Um, and so in entrepreneurship, they call it a, um, a pilot or a minimum viable product, right? So once you're doing something and you are making some headway or as you introduce it to your community or to consumers, they're going to give you some feedback. And so you use that feedback to iterate or adapt your product mm-hmm. to make it a little bit better for them. And then you continue to advance it forward. And so as you see impact in your community or with the consumers you're trying to reach, then you can start to attract the attention of investors or other supporters. Okay. Um, and so that's really essential to scaling and growing. They want to see um, that you have something that's tangible and that is impactful before they want to align themselves to do it. So I think that's really important. All right. So I yeah. definitely want to thank you for that. So that was uh, concept startup growth in regards to how you can make things happen with a little bit of hustle. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, right before we really wrap things up, we're going to get into our next segment called hashtag comfort zone killer, which is almost <laughs> like a social media call to action. Right. Yeah. So, so Matt, so, uh, you know, a lot of times people listen to open up shop and they, you know, are so moved by the conversations that we have, you know, yeah. they, they, hit the ground running, you know, especially you hear this on a Monday and then sometimes you might get to Wednesday or you might get to that, that hump in the week and you need that extra push. So, uh, with comfort zone killer, you know, definitely want to leave something for the listeners to hear so they can help them get through the week until the next episode of open up shop. Yeah. Um, for us today. So two things, um, the first quote that I want to share with people is from Maya Angelou. And what she says is, I come as one, but stand as 10,000. And so when you are feeling uh, a little demotivated or you need that extra confidence boost, or you're about to go into a room of folk um, to try to pitch your idea or engage them, know that you truly do stand on the shoulders of giants, that you bring your mother, your father, your auntie, your cousins, your friends, um, those mentors, those teachers, whoever those people were that really poured into you, um, you bring them with you into that space. And so you're never alone in anything that you do. And you, you, you keep and hold that wisdom close. And that really will drive you. Um, to be successful. So I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. It's so critical. Right. Um, and then I think a great example of that is the great Billy Porter. So, you know, he was recently <laughs> at the Met Gala yeah. and in all his black queer magic just showed up as the sun God in this gold, fabulous ensemble escorted in on the shoulders of 10 like hulky and hunky men just sort of living in his truth. <laughs> like, and I will tell you, like he just, he just brought all of it, all of himself forward. And so I think like if this brother can show up in a gold outfit with wings, trust and believe <laughs> you can do anything. Okay. <laughs> I, 
heard, man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, watch man, the yeah. clips. He go, he he will give you life for real. Now, yeah, you know? he definitely he definitely is, you know, set the bar, you know, keeps yes. he's pushing the envelope, man. And, you know, living your truth, man, that is you know definitely the way to be. I definitely absolutely. All right, so Matt, so what I want to do is I want to thank you so much for taking so much time out of your, you know, out of your schedule. So to kind of speak with us and, you know, really kind of share a little bit more about Hustle Winston Salem and about how, you know, maybe, you know, kind of providing some context of how if there's someone who's listening who want, who may not necessarily want to start their own business or anything like that, but they do realize that there is a gap in something or opportunity in their community, right? And how, you know, Hustle Winston Salem is an example of how, you know, you can be the underdog in some sense, right? And be able to kind of, in the small span of three years, you know, you have partnerships with some of the you know, major areas or the major groups within the area. Yep. And people have to respect that you guys are now a part of this and that you guys bring the same amount of value that, you know, some of the organizations that are backed by the state or the government or, you know, they have investors, man. So I definitely appreciate your time. No problem. Happy to do it, man. Thank you for creating a platform for people to share. So thank you for getting outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I guess so I really appreciate it. So Matt, so what I want to yeah. do now is, you know, let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and hustle and yeah. any, you know, any programs that you guys are, you know, continue to do. Sure. So people can reach out to me um, through Matt at lifelabslearning.com. Uh, my Instagram is Mr. Diplomatic with two T's. Um, so feel free to follow me there. Shoot me an email. Um, and then in terms of Hustle Winston-Salem, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at HustleWS to find out more about our events, programs, resources that are offered in the community. Right. So what I'll do is I'll add uh, the Hustle Winston Salem website, the direct link for all the different programs. Um, sure. you know, Matt did mention a couple of them, you know, and I think uh, the listeners you've been, if you've been following on, you know, I've been talking about them quite a bit throughout some other episodes as well, man, because they've definitely been, you know, instrumental in the sense of, you know, providing me opportunities to really kind of move forward with, you know, with my hustles and my business. And you know, I definitely appreciate that. Oh, so, Matt, um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out to listen. No uh, problem, sorry man. to come speak with us here today. Sure. So, but the listeners, what I want to make sure that you do is tune in next week for your weekly dose of Make It Happen. But you can, in the meantime, you can learn more about the journey by following me on all platforms at EA the Exec. And then you can also find out more about OpenShop at OpenShopUS and at OpenShop.com. Now go get your journey started and build your idea, project, or business. But just remember, all you have to do is open up shop. Peace.